Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan from Startups.com, joined as ever by my partner, the Startups.com CEO and founder, Will Schroeder. Will, this is going to be a heavy one, man. We, you know, most of what we do here, I feel like is pretty heavy lifting. We dig into some fairly meaty topics. This is one that is is circulating the globe right now at, at rapid and rampant pace, and with good reason. It, it's time, right? Today, we're going to talk about sociopolitical issues and their place in the workplace. And this is a very loaded topic. Anybody listening will, will probably know there are going to be some holes in my visibility and Will's visibility on this as, as two 40-something-year-old white men. There are perspectives that we certainly don't have. So this is me and Will opening the door and saying, hey, if you're hearing things that are incongruent with how you see things or you have perspective that we don't, please let us know. I mean, it's, this is Absolutely. always the case with startup therapy, right? We always want to hear back. We always want to know, um, you know, what's, what's jiving and what's not. In this case, this could not be more important, right? So, Will, you know, we're both having a lot of these conversations right now, but as you're talking to founders, how is this coming up? How are people dealing with this? We've seen some cases of late um, where this has gone really off the rails. I haven't talked to anybody where this has become like a massive internal issue, but everybody's thinking about it and with good reason. But what are the conversations you're having right now? You know, in the past couple of weeks when we were recording this, the, the most recent incident was with Basecamp, you know, and they had they took a very strong stance with their team yes. to say that there aren't going to be any discussions, you know, around society, politics, pretty much anything. Yep. You know, anything that wasn't yeah. work. Uh yeah. is it's not no on the meeting longer, agenda. It's not in the meeting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no yeah. longer discussion. And they took it off the table unilaterally. And that didn't go well. Right, yeah. <laughs> for a for lot of obvious reasons. reasons. Yep. But but what it did, and I think this is an important part of what we're going to discuss today. It opened up an important conversation. It got a lot sure of did. leaders talking. At, you know, in our case, got a lot of founders talking, who are you know leaders in their organizations. And I think at its core, it was where do you stand on this issue? You know, at, at yeah. its core, we're, we're looking at what is appropriate. You know, what should be a conversation that we have within the workplace, and in what we're talking about is public forums, right, amongst right. everybody. And, uh, and what's not? And, and yeah. where do you draw the line? And uh, for all the folks we've been talking to, across genders, across races, across everything, across you know, uh, different parts of the, the world, people have strong opinions on it, right? Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> the world of Twitter expressed very strong opinions in their response. And, and I got to tell you, like everything else in life, they were divided. It wasn't yeah. what people, you know, some people who feel strongly about you, you have to have as much free speech as possible just assume that was that was unilaterally accepted. There's a lot of people that didn't feel that way. Basecamp yeah. didn't feel that way. Before them, Coinbase Obviously. didn't feel that way. And what I was hoping to do today, I think you know what we could talk about is where are those lines? You know what what is acceptable, but more so, how do we talk about it? Because yeah. I, yeah. I think there's a bit of an assumption from some folks that this has all been figured out. And I right. gotta tell you, it has not been figured out. It has not been right? figured out. Yeah. These are not conversations that I've been having amongst other leaders 20 years ago. Should I have? Yes. I, you know, I, I wish yeah. we did. All right. So before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know, what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. Of course. 
of course, we'd be so much further along right now that we wouldn't be having this discussion. Let me restate and uh, something that you just said, because I think it's super important. And that's that it's, I think people are getting caught up in the, the actual opinions being expressed, which of course is important, right? When, when we see polarity, obviously that, that creates some friction, right? right. What you were saying, and I think this is really important, it's how we talk about it, right? right? The framework that we use for these conversations is, in my opinion, as important as the opinions themselves, right? right. Because right. how something gets said, where it gets said, in the context, and, and you know, like you said, like Twitter, yes, of course that'll blow up because that's not a real dialogue. That's not a human dialogue. You're taking a very, very human, as human as a topic yeah. can get. Right. Right. And you're boiling it down to these, these micro character statements where everybody can, you know, all you can do is be polarizing, right. Um, right. or agree right. with somebody else's polarity. So the forums for these discussions are super critical. Having proper frameworks and understanding how we talk about these issues is at the core of this, right. We're not trying to change anybody's opinion. I'm not, I don't think you are either. Will. what we're trying right. to do is say, if you have an opinion, maybe here's a framework for how to think about the expression of that opinion and how it will be right. best received by the, the people on the other end of the poll um, so that you can reach some of that common ground, right? Because at the end of the day, like with most things, we'll find that there is far more commonality than there is derision if you can right. actually open a forum where all of that can be exposed as opposed to just going you know, hyper, hyper-focused on a singular, particular point and allowing that to polarize, Right. It's just right. human nature to do that, especially when we're arguing. But I think it's really important. The point you made that it's really the how here that's the super critical. Right. It's not the what even that we're talking about or the whys, right? Or the points of view. It's how we get there. Right. You know, in, in everything that we try to unpack in these episodes and really in our own business and our lives, et cetera, I think what's helped me personally, and Ryan, I'm sure you feel the same way, is we just keep asking why right? Why yep. is it that way? How did it come to be, you know, how do people feel, et cetera? We ask a lot of questions. Yep. And what I didn't see in kind of the aftermath of the base camp or the Coinbase, you know, announcements were people saying, why? You know, like, how did it yep. come to that? Why right. did you, how did we get to this point? Choose, right. How do you, how do we get to this point? Now here, here's where it comes off the rails. People get so polarized and so offended so quickly, right? And so yep. you instantly saw the two camps. You saw one camp that said, any kind of, you know, change in speech in the workplace is oppression and you're a horrible person. And then you saw yep. the other side that said, the work is for work. You know, anybody that suggests that it should be anything else is a horrible person. Yeah. Immediately polarized. Sure. I saw almost no chatter in between that said, how do we do both? Right? Yeah. How, do, how do we give people the tools and the platform that they need, that they deserve, while at the same time not blowing up work? I didn't see right. any of that. Yeah. And it really pissed me off because... In my mind, that should have been the heart of the conversation, right? That should, that should be what people are talking about is how do we get to these goals, not how do we shut people off, you know, not, not how do we take this kind of staunch stance. Yeah. And I could probably say this about every world issue, but this right. is about startups. And, and yeah. this is about what we as founders deal with. So what I'd like to, to walk through with you today is just a couple areas where this thing starts to fall apart, where founders kind of misstep, where staff kind of missteps, and where we yep. can start to have a more productive conversation so that everybody's like gets to a, a place they're happier about. And I actually think that place does exist. I don't think this is a, a Shangri-La, you know, imagine all right. the people kind of moment. I actually think yeah. this is a very productive, you know, way to get there. Let me, let me kick it off with this then. Let me kick it off with a question. Um, so I absolutely agree. And, and I think that the types of discussions that are happening, 
because they begin with one poll, right? It, it tends to be somebody who like the, the discussion kicks off with something that's that's pretty hyperbolic, right? And it's all the way on one side or the other of the issue. And then in order to create some balance in discussion, the other poll comes in, right? And I think right. a lot of that has to do with the time, the place, and the point at which somebody now feels compelled to finally step up and, and share their polarizing opinion, right? right? So I think that, I'm, you know, I can't analogize this down to something quite as simple as, as passing the ball in soccer, but we always try to have, you, know, you, you, want, a, you want the triangle, right? When, it's, when you just have two poles, right? Everything is kind of obvious and, and, and too stark, right? There's too much contrast and everybody sort of knows where the other person stands and it just ends up becoming this balancing act and this, this competition, um, so we need that third point, right? We need, the, we need the triangle here. We need to be able to enter at a point where there's room. We, we're creating space, essentially, right? We're creating space in the discussion for everyone who falls somewhere else on the spectrum, right? They're neither right. all the way to one side nor the other. But I think that when the, when the conversations begin purely polar, nobody wants to hear that middle point of view once both the poles have started arguing, right? It just becomes right. like this background noise. Right? Everybody's paying attention to what everybody all the way on one side or the other is saying, and there's no middle ground, and there's nobody that wants to occupy that space. Right? It's easier right. to chip in if I'm one of the people that feels as strongly as the people on other poll do, but I don't have that entry point. So what's your opinion on this, Will? If, if these conversations had started earlier and had started with some level of, of leadership's involvement, how different would they be than sort of letting these happen organically and letting them bubble up to the point where they became, I'm going to say that most of the companies we've seen deal with this dealt with it at a point where it had already become some level of toxic within the organization. I think from the, from management standpoint, so to speak, and I, and I hate, you know, doing kind of, you know, these two teams pitted against each other, but let's just call it that for a second, just so people can kind of identify with the, the two, two characters in this, in the story from management's perspective. I think the idea was their, their polarizing position was work is for work. And anything yep. else is a distraction. And look, they're not wrong about distractions prevent work, right? Sure. That's, that's, I mean, straight up, right? It's kind of hard to argue yep. that one. What they were missing, though, was this concept of if I say work is for work, and that's true, then yep. any policy that I apply toward that is also true. Yeah. That's where they messed up. Right, 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 right. Those arguments aren't necessarily tied together, Right. You could say work is for work, work trumps all. So if work and, and productivity is getting done, then the policies are justified. Not Correct. really. No. Right? <laughs> you could say the policy is to work people 100 hours a week. And if productivity is getting done, I don't care about your mental well-being. I don't care the, yep. the effect on your family. I don't care about Obviously your, uh, your health and all working. these things. Yep. Totally not right. true. Yeah. The old right? don't question yet, my methods, only question my results piece, right? Which is not valid. It never ends well, by the way. Yep. Like, right. yes, you'll get the work done at what cost, right? Yeah. Because focus has a cost. Uh, you and I have talked about it incessantly on this podcast, right? Correct. And typically as a cost, we really wish we hadn't, you know, had to bear to get the results yep. we wanted to get. Sometimes you have to, I get that. But this is one of those times where we're not making a decision about ourselves, right? Correct. Ryan, if you and yep. I want to work 100 hours and you and I decide that's what we want to do, so be yep. it. But the moment we tell other people, everybody else to do they it. have yeah. to bear a cost of focus, right? It's not that simple. And shit right. gets really complicated at that point. So I think the first point, you know, that I like to kind of dig into is 
this idea that work is for work and if anything that distracts from focus is bad. I, I know on paper that sounds right. What I want to do is I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on where that argument starts to break down a little bit. Sure. Well, flip it to an issue that we've already kind of dealt with as a society where we get into like women at the workplace issues, right? So think about things like maternity and paternity leave, right? Is a baby a distraction? Yeah. Do we need to accommodate that distraction within the context of work? Yes, right? Having children is an important part of a lot of people's lives. And we can't just simply say, uh, yeah, no babies at work, right? I mean, by which I mean, don't have any of them because I don't want you to be distracted from your job for any particular period of time, whether that's maternity or everything that happens after because it gets far more complicated, right? That's actually the easy period. You just don't know that as a new parent. So I, I think that that's, that's an, uh, you know, a decent analog here and that everybody would go, yeah, that makes sense. Like we could never do that. But we don't have to rewind too many years to where that was the discussion that was on the table, right? These were issues right. that we were dealing with and, and working through, which I think is just another generally important point to this entire discussion. To your point earlier, should we have been talking about this 20 years ago? Yes. Were we? Not enough. And so all of this is quite new for most leadership. I would say almost all leadership. You know, there's varying degrees as to who's practicing it and who's getting it done right and well, like anything, right? But this is going to take time. This is going to take practice. This is a this is a new muscle that we have not been flexing, and it's it's weak, right? So we're going to need some time to get this right. But I think that that's I, I would jump off there. I would say that like use a policy like that as as the analog, as the metaphor or how we look at, you know, where can we draw lines? In some cases, can we draw lines at all, right? To your point, we can, but they don't really exist. Like if we set the minimum baseline, we we draw that line and we say 100 hours, that's that's the work week. We can do that. Yeah, I can draw that line. Is anybody going to live up to that? A couple people might for a little while, and then everybody's going to burn out, and it's the whole ship goes down in flames, right? So yes, you can. Do you want to? Probably not even if not fundamentally, you don't agree with it, practically speaking, it's going to have a cost, right? And so I think that's what I'll probably keep coming back to, right? It was your refrain to begin with, but I think I'll come back to it as well. What are the costs of these things going to be to your own mental well-being as a founder as you enforce these policies to the team? Um, And then again, like to their families, their friends, society at large, you know, which we'd like to believe that we're separated from and removed from as a startup company, we're not, right? Our companies exist within society. All of these people exist within society. So these issues will cross the lines into our companies. Again, the question becomes when, how, where do we talk about these things? You bet. And there's there's a point where we can say, well, if you don't like it, go work at another company, right? And to <laughs> sure. be fair, that that stance doesn't have a lot of longevity attached to it, right? I mean, it's it, it, frankly, nope. it's a little bit lazy, but but Super. beyond that, it, it, it allows you to say, I don't want to deal with the issue. I don't want to deal yeah. with what people take home, right? All yeah, I want to deal exactly. with is, is what you have at work. And that sounds wonderful, wonderfully simple. It's just not realistic, right? Yeah, no, if to, you're to your running point, a company right, built on bots and AI and robots, then yeah, yeah I mean, like <laughs> it, maybe. <laughs> and, and again, work. Uh, where I think this argument breaks isn't the intent. The intent is to say, I just want to get shit done. Right. Yeah. Like Basecamp said specifically, we just want to get work done. Right. Right. They weren't wrong about that. And honestly, I don't think people disagree with that. That we also want to get work done. That's why you yeah. hired us. I, right. I don't. The implication is that those that are having, you know, they're raising their hand at work, saying, "Hey, you're taking out my voice," are tantamount to saying, "I don't want to work." I don't think that's true. 
No, right? it's not. And again, I, there are broken assumptions on both sides of this discussion. Correct. So the, the broken assumption on the leadership side is that if it drives focus, then it trumps all. And yep. it just, that doesn't hold doesn't. up. I don't think you can, you can blanket policy that. If you flip that just a little bit and you say that, look, some of these issues are directly impacting people's focus. They're impacting people differently, right? So sure. systematic oppression isn't something that I was on the wrong end of, right? So it doesn't change my focus in the way that it does for somebody who was in a system where they were systematically oppressed, right? So Absolutely. that is a distraction for them. And so what they're actually doing, if you choose to look at it this way, is raising their hand and going, I have an issue. It is creating a distraction because it's making me feel a certain way. Um, it's making me behave a certain way. It's causing emotional, mental, physical strife. Absolutely. I need help with this, right? And so I think Absolutely. we can look at those as distractions from the other party's side, right? And say like, look, this is really just a call for action, a call for help and saying like, I can't do this by myself. I can't fix this problem. This isn't a problem with me. This is a problem for me because of these greater sociopolitical issues, right? And I think that's fantastic. And I think that received that way, it makes the discussion far easier because you can actually look at this as something that will improve company focus, right? So it's not a distraction or a detriment to company focus, but if it's impacting individuals, it's impacting focus. We know this, right? And it will spread. To your point, again, like we can draw some lines people will cross them, right? You can tell people whatever right. you want. Enforcing that will come with varying degrees of cost. You know, by the way, I just want to mention, if what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often, you actually can. You know, we're online all day, every day, working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find, you know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. I think that for a certain number of founders, they'll take everything we just said and also say, I don't care, right? I mean, to be fair, sure. I, I just want to be really honest. Like, like this, this yep. isn't like everyone agrees with, with, with the path we're taking. There are going to be a certain yep. amount of folks. I've talked to some of them that say, yes. look, I appreciate people's issues, but just to be clear, I've yet to meet a single founder or anybody in leadership that was like, I don't care about people's, you know, personal uh, right. issues Correct. or, you know, or, Correct. or oppression Correct. or anything else. I've just, I've yep. yet to see that happen, right? Yeah. Although I, th I think people get labeled that quickly. But I've seen a staunch group that says, look, I get it. People have issues, right? I just don't want that to bring them at work. And I think what's challenging with that is it kind of feels like you're putting your head in the sand, right? To your point sure. about, you know, yep. uh, maternity leave, which at one point didn't exist. Same thing. It's like, Yes, have a kid, but pretend that you you don't need to ever take care of that kid or like, you know, raise them from the moment that yep. you, you bore them. Like as if none of that actually exists, right? Like yep. I don't care. I just care about work and I, you, I pay you to do a job not to make babies, right? Like think of like now how absurd that claim sounds. Yes. And I don't think, I don't think if you feel strongly that work is for work, that it's going to really like not come back to haunt you to understand that that's not entirely true that the yeah. argument is broken. So, yeah. but beyond that, there's then folks that are saying, okay, work is for work, but I understand that, that there's, a, there's other you know, issues, human issues that, that I need to contend with and I want to support, et cetera. And these aren't the evil people you know, twisting their mustache with a monocle that you're thinking of that like, you know, you know down with everybody that isn't a middle-aged white male. I just haven't seen that. That said, Ryan, you talked about the top of the episode. Some folks just aren't aware of it. I'll give you an example. Yeah. When I was 24 years old, 
and we had a big staff. I was single. I didn't have kids, et cetera. So sure. I remember when people would go home at like five o'clock to yeah. go pick their kids up or watch a soccer game, I was lost on yeah. what was happening. Why, right? why would you do that? What is, what's happening? Yeah. What's going on? Yep. I was like, hey, Johnson, I guess you're taking an early lunch, right? Like <laughs> I, I couldn't, couldn't wrap, I didn't say that, but like I couldn't wrap my head around yeah. it, right? Yep. I didn't have context for it, right? Yep. Now I'm freaking old, right? I have kids, right? Yep. We get <laughs> like, it. They, they come before everything, right? Yeah. There are a lot of people in positions of power that just don't know. And I'm not letting them all off the hook. What yeah. I'm trying to say is it's dangerous to just blanket demonize everybody. You got to understand that like not everybody understands how to address this. Not everybody has the same issues. So, but yep. they're in a position of power that they have to contend with it. And when I say contend, yeah. they have to create policy. They have to create, you know, you know union uh, within the company. Yep. And yet they don't have the, the, the tools for it. And so I, I think it's really difficult for a lot of folks to say, oh, I'm ready to go. I know exactly what to do. They don't. And that, that's a challenge. Yeah. Let me prove exactly how male I am here and use another analogy, <laughs> uh, sports analogy. If we look at like a boxer, right? They've spent their entire life training boxing up until this point, right? And they're, they're good at boxing, right? They can slip a jab, you know, they've got a good hook, whatever. And all of a sudden you throw an MMA fighter into the ring with them. There's a new set of consequences that they all of a sudden have to deal with, right? And now you can say, man, horrible fighter, right? You can do the same thing with leadership. Leadership's been dealing with a particular set of issues for the last 20 years, 30 years. And that's roughly like the time frame at which, you know, management frameworks and things develop. And now all of a sudden a new set of consequences and, and a new set of circumstances have been thrown into the mix and they're not dealing with it well. And you're going, they're bad leadership, right? Doesn't mean they're bad leadership. Doesn't mean they're a bad fighter. It means they don't yet have the set of skills. They haven't been exposed to these consequences and circumstances enough to get it right. And so I think to your point, early and quickly demonizing people, it's a great way to get rid of leadership, right? It's a great right. way to get rid of leadership <laughs> who maybe made a mistake. But if we right. get rid of leadership at the first mistake, right? Should leadership do the same thing with the first mistakes that their staff makes? Of course not. We would look at that and we would go, that's ludicrous, right? Brand right. new, right? Hired them from the internship program and turned them into our junior social media marketing manager, right? right. And right. they post something to the wrong channel. You're fired, right? Everybody would go like, what are you doing? Like it was, it was a mistake, right? Now, of course, the bigger the mistake, the greater the consequences, the more public it is, the more likely we are to make those decisions. But if we actually want to solve this, scraping the leadership off the top and saying, let's start fresh, just means you're going to have more junior leadership trying to deal with bigger issues. So I think that you right. run into a whole new set of problems and challenges there. So we need to be really careful about, about doing that. That said, and you said it, we can't let people off the hook for making bad decisions, but I think we need right. to be careful to make I didn't even want to say the punishment fit the crime because again, I, I think crime implies some level of intent and wrongdoing. Um, and I don't think that, I think that by and large intentions are good. Are there people with bad intentions? Of course, they exist everywhere. However, I don't think that that's the prevailing wind that people are just trying to maintain systemic oppression or trying to maintain status quo. They may be unintentionally feeding into that. So founders who are saying things like, I just don't care, may be accidentally feeding into that. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I don't have answers to this. One of the things I would love is some data around what companies are dealing with this more as we move from, if we look at, at two ends and we say like, here's a company who's absolutely not diverse in whatever way, and here's a company who's very, very diversified. Which of those two companies actually has more to, to win or to lose in, in getting this right? And understand like, which one, which one of them are dealing with it more, right? If you have sure. 
a zero diverse workforce, it's probably, I would assume, far easier just to go, I just don't care about this. It's not really a problem for us, right? Right. Yes, and, right, you're part of a larger problem, which is that there's no diversity in your workforce. You have the self-imposed blind spot because you're not seeing these issues firsthand. And so, of course, you don't care because anything that's not in your backyard tends to matter less, right? Right. So my first question would be like, how much of this are you actually being forced to deal with? How much of this are you seeing? When I say forced, I don't mean forced in a bad way. I mean, like, if one of our people comes to us with an issue, right, we're open door, right? We are absolutely open door. Come talk to us about anything, right? And those are great moments. But if you don't even have somebody who fits the profile to walk through that door and have that conversation, it's not going to happen. Again, this is all very early, and I'm going to be curious to see where this lands in terms of like how having a more diverse workforce Will, will that create more polarity? Will that create more space for common ground? I would hope that it's the latter, but we're watching this play out in real time and we'll just see. And something else to note, this feels like a very topical issue. And I actually meant to say this at the top of the episode. This feels very topical, but things like this will continue to come up throughout the life cycle of a startup. It may not be you know, the, the topic that we're kind of focusing on right now, but things like this will continue to come up throughout the life cycle of a startup, right? 20, 30 years ago, it was women in the workplace issues, which still aren't fully resolved. I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, we can check that box. We're not there yet. However, we've made significantly more progress on that front. But these things will come back around. So this is a very evergreen topic. This is not Will and I leaning on a, a hot news trend and saying, hey, let's talk about that because that's not really what we do here, right? We want these things to be important tools for you going forward um, and carrying you through your entire career as a founder. Ryan, I think what ends up happening though, I think... We get frustrated with, with you know, things bubbling yep. up. And kind of like Jason and David did, they just used the hammer, right? Uh, Coinbase did the same thing. They said, yep. you know, no one can talk about these topics in the workplace. And I think, let's talk about why, you know, this idea of just oppressing everything is just a broken hammer, right? Sure. You know, something that it's just not effective. It actually doesn't work. And, and I, I'm going to argue it's, it's lazy, but uh, I can't account for every single person's situation and why they took that route. I just think in general, it's not the right way to go. Any founder I would ever counsel, I would say that's, that solves nothing, right? For two reasons. You know, this idea that I'm just going to say, nobody talks about any of this stuff at work. Here's where it do- just doesn't work. Number one, you can't tell people what they can't say. Now you can say where they can't say it. You have some latitude over that, right? But that's not what people hear either right? What they hear is you're oppressing my free speech, right? In the history of history, especially in this country, that does not end well, right? So there's no version of delivering that message where anybody is going to say, nailed it, nailed it. That, you know, you know what, a a good oppression speech. That's what we needed here. Like, come on, right? Yeah. Any, anytime you create pressure within a system, right? So anytime you draw a box too small, you're immediately creating pressure. Um, And in this case, you're, you're not only creating pressure, you're creating polarity, Right. Because if what you're saying right. is we only allow opinions that are in the middle, that's different than saying we don't allow any opinions at all. Right. If we say you can't be, you know, we'll just use the political system, right? You can't be left wing, you can't be right wing. Um, we only allow moderate topics, right? We only allow things that kind of everybody has some stake in. We're not going to let you go polar, right? That creates a ton of pressure. But in this case, where we're saying you're not allowed to talk at all, we're creating that pressure in the system, which invariably boils up and over at some point. And you're creating polarity, which is that there's, you know, free speech and then there's fully oppressed speech and we're going this direction. So we're creating polarity and pressure at the same time. 
good luck. <laughs> like, this is going to blow up in your fucking it, face. It doesn't even make sense, right? right? First off, in today's society, right? Yeah. How can you tell people what they can or can't say, right? You can't. And again, you never I have be been able to, right? <laughs> I don't think anyone who's made one of these policies that was yeah. actually the intent of the policy that, that I'm going to curb what you hope say. Not. Yeah, I would hope. Well, not. The, the the intent is I'm going to try to curb where you say it, right? Yeah. In other words, say whatever you want, just don't use you know our public chat forms to do it, right? Right. And again, not I'm, I'm going to get into. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get into where, you know where there's some challenges there, but that's also not what people hear, right? Correct. When Twitter blew up after the Basecamp announcement or Co Coinbase before them. People yeah. weren't saying, wow, I really hate the forum that people get to talk in, right? They weren't right. talking about that, right? No. What they heard was you are white men telling you know, people of different colors, creeds, uh, genders, et cetera, that they can't express themselves, right? You, you are oppressors, right? Yep. And while that wasn't the intent of their message, it was a pretty bad message, by the way. Yeah. That wasn't the intent of the message. That's exactly how it came across, right? Yeah, well, de facto, that was the impact. Right, that was actually what yeah, they were well, doing. Well, yeah, right? intended or otherwise, that was the outcome of the policy. It was oppression. Right, can't do that. So I want to circle that for a second and say, look, any time where you tell people, here's what you can't talk about, is off the table. Yeah. Right, yep. we have neither the right to do that or the capability. Like even if we had the right, Correct. which we don't. Right, dude, how could you possibly prevent people from talking about what they wanted to talk about? Right, like you can't. Every social media platform exists. Right, lunch, yep. lunch breaks. Exist, lunch table. Right, right? people the water cooler. About, well, used to exist. Oh my god, man! If stuff's bothering people, they are going to talk about it, yes. and they're probably going to talk about it while they're at work. Right. Yep. So I think it's like again, it's putting your head in the sand to think that you have some control over what people talk about at work. I think that's Correct. bananas. Right. Again, I'll take it further. You also just don't need to have the right to what people are talking about. But, but here's where it polarizes the other way, right? Now, now the leadership, right? I'm going to take the leadership side. And they're going to say, bullshit. It's my company. I set the policies. I determine, you know, what dialogue we're going to have in what forums, right? I'm the one that writes the checks. And therefore, whatever I have to you know, whatever guidelines I set right. is what people have to either abide by or get out. That is the shittiest, laziest policy I've yeah. ever heard of right? Yep. Because it, again, it goes back to, I don't care, you know, how you feel or, or, you know, what aspect of your lives are enraging you. I just care about work and everything else is off the table. Focus yeah. is my, my trump card over everything. It doesn't work. And look, Coinbase can make a company that makes it work, right? You can force it. It just, you're on the wrong side of where this is headed, right? Correct. Like you're just moving backward. And I'm not saying you can't pull it off. Yes, you can. Basecamp just did it. You know, the fastest yep. way to, to get rid of this issue is get rid of all the employees with the issue. Right? Yeah, yeah. Not, but that's not, not good. It's the wrong approach. It's the wrong tool. Correct. Yeah, I, I agree. And so let, let's boil it down. It comes down to two things. At the end of the day, if we're going to get resolution on this or get closer to it, it's understanding and, and compromise, right? If we want to create right. that, that room for, for both what is needed in the workplace, which is to get work done, but what's needed at the human level in the workplace is, is things like free speech and, and you know, uh, clear feelings, not no, no oppression, right? All of these, all these things that we also want to achieve for the people in the business. It's compromise. It's understanding. Right? We talk about what an important muscle it is for founders to have and receive empathy. This is one of those cases where we, we really do have to try to put ourselves in the shoes of not only our staff, but also society at large. 
right? And yep. it's tough. It's hard. It's difficult. But we have to have that, that level of, of compromise and, and understanding and empathy to be able to even have the forum to create the room for these discussions in the first place. I, I think at which point people are so polarized that they say, I hear compromise, I have free speech. There is no compromise on free speech. Yeah. It's not yeah. what we're talking about. That's not right? what we mean. What, yeah. what we're saying is, look, this person employed you to do something, right? Yep. They have certain objectives they're trying to get to. Doesn't make them a total asshole. It just nope. means that like in Makes their mind, hey, if you're going to sit at the water cooler and talk about politics for nine hours straight, at some point they're going to be thinking, oh, we should actually probably get some work done at some point as well, right? No matter how strongly yeah. you feel. We want to be able to refill the water cooler. We kind of have to do that, right? Listen, man, like the compromise of the understanding is just stepping back saying, yes, I feel very strongly about these issues. Now tell me what you're trying to get accomplished, right? Yep. And most reasonable leadership founders, what have you, are going to say, look, it's not that I want to press any of your free speech. Again, I've yet to hear a single person say that, but I need to get shit done, right? right. And, and some of the stuff you're doing is wildly distracting to folks, right? So how do we give you the voice, the platform you're looking for, but also try to get some of my stuff done as well? And sure. if, if the, the, the employer, you know, staff member or whatever is saying, again, unilaterally, I don't care what you have to say, that's a shitty stance. It is. Right? There's a lot of things I want to say and do, but there are certain parameters that are best provided for me to do those things, right? Sure. And if I just unilaterally kind of steamroll everyone that has any other feeling, I just don't see that ending well. Again, I think when I say compromise, I just mean two sides understanding what the other side is trying to get done and trying to find a place in between. Yeah, and, and, and optimizing the, the outcomes on both sides, right? Right. We have to remain productive, but let's remain productive in a way that leaves these issues open for discussion. I, I think that's one of the core things here is that, again, like polarity, uh, we, we sort of understand, creates all kinds of, of issues, right? Where things, things just get stretched, right? And things start to tear yeah. in the middle. And then there's no room for, for that compromise, right? But the communication has to exist in the first place. That's a, the one line of this, of this space that we need to create. Remaining open and understanding is, is the other one. And again, like to your, to your point, I think it has to come from both sides. It has to be clear that, you know, I, I don't want to speak for everybody here, but I've, I've definitely seen some situations and this isn't limited to this particular issue, right? Anytime we have these sort of hot issues, you don't want to end up in a situation where leadership feels like the town is coming after them with pitchforks, right? Doesn't and you don't well. want the staff to feel like leadership are, are the grand oppressors, right? You, there has to right. be some level of understanding that there may be things that occur on both sides that are subpar for the others in terms of desired outcomes, right? There may be things that leadership does that don't work as well for the broader team. There may be things that the team does that make things more difficult for leadership. I think what has to happen in the moment where those occur is a bit of empathy and a bit of understanding and a bit of perspective from the other side and saying, here's why they did that. Now, I think it, it's really dangerous. We've talked about this a couple of times in the last few episodes, these one-sided conversations where like we're imagining the other half of the combo, right? The one-sided handshake where it's like leadership makes a decision and they believe that just based on the outcomes, going back to that, you know, if this, if this improves focus, this improves productivity, this improves outcomes for the company, that people will sort of understand why we made that decision. Bullshit. It has to be stated clearly. Like we're doing this right. and we understand that this may be perceived in a certain way based on the current context. Here's why we're doing it, right? Right. Open that dialogue, right? Same thing. If somebody feels the need to bring up a, a sociopolitical issue 
in a workspace forum, let's just say it appears in the company-wide Slack chat for, for sake of argument, right? A little bit of why and a little bit of discussion with leadership before somebody does that and, and starts to use the internal communications as a platform would be much appreciated by leadership in most cases, right? It's not always necessary, right? It's okay to bring up things to talk about with your colleagues. However, if you're going to try to use it as a platform, would probably be better received if it was taken to leadership first so that they can understand why this individual is doing that and what they're hoping to have the impact be from this, right? But at the end of the day, you have to have these channels of communication open because, you know, oppression, silence, you know, just putting your head in the sand, as you said a couple times this episode, all lead to really, really bad outcomes, guys. I also don't think they're necessary, right? For example, again, For sure. I think people are a little bit lazy sometimes when they're taking either, you know, side of this stance. In other words, if, if I'm base camp in this case, and yep. my issue is that, uh, and they stated in their blog post, that a lot of people were getting pulled into these these arguments that they just didn't want to be pulled into. They just wanted to be able to have, you know, folks on work, whatever, and, and didn't want to, you know, feel like they were complicit, like if they weren't participating, et cetera. And the truth is, okay, let's create some forums for people that want to have those discussions to have those discussions. Because So we're, we're trying to solve for the fact that not everybody wants to be in those discussions, right? You yeah, don't necessarily have sure. to say no one talks about anything, right, just because, you know, some people are pulled in. There's other ways to skin that cat, right? On top of that, you got to figure too, there have to be some parameters, right? In anything where like, you're like, look guys, you also do have to work together, right? So if, if you're showing up every day, gloves off, ready to beat each other to death, that's not healthy, right? There's, there's no version, no matter how much both of you want to express your, your views, you have to be mindful that at some point you also have to work together, right? Correct. Now, now maybe you can't work together and maybe this, yeah. you know, this isn't the environment for you, but let's solve that issue. What, what I'm saying is on either side, I don't think that the unilateral, anything that's not free speech is oppression, is true. And the unilateral on the other side, anything that's not work, you know, is, is a problem. I don't think either side is in essentially true. I also believe that there could be cases where the folks involved just don't have a resolution. Right? Right. I, I don't know that every company has a, a resolution for every employee. Some people are just dead set on creating so much disruption with no no consideration whatsoever for anybody else that maybe they're just not a good fit for that particular organization. But I think that's a last resort. Like I, I think the first thing you do is you sit down and say, what are you trying to accomplish? Here's what I'm trying to accomplish. How do we try to meet both ends or have some compromise in between? All right, so that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but you know Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.